Dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Socks on Twitter and on Instagram. And thank you for making Locked On Socks your first listen every day. Locked On Socks is free and available on all platforms, including Locked On Socks on YouTube. If you want to leave, leave us a voice message, 312-566-8727 is the way you can do that. Or LockedOnSocks at gmail.com for your emails. Chris Tannehill, how are you? I'm doing well, Herbie. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our locked on rooms. All right, Herbie, it's it's that time we can uh, remember when here. And even though Tony Soprano once famously said, "Remember when" is the lowest form of conversation. Uh, that's exactly what we're going to do here as we roll out our top 21 moments of 2021. And we did this last year in 2020, so we figure out, hey, one more year, one more moment. It's a win-win, right? So that's what we're here to do today. And we're going to finish off the week doing this. We're going to try to knock out seven a show, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Send you guys into the weekend. Uh, you know, just uh, you, you're probably without baseball now at this point, or maybe the World Series is going on. There's no way to know as we're taping this on Sunday night, part <laughs> one. Um, you know, so we we hope to just leave you with some good baseball thoughts here, and and go in and take a look at our favorite moments of 2021. Now, I, you know, Herb can can debate me on these, but these these are ones that uh, that we selected. And we'll talk about the, these as we go here. And, and basically the, the point of this here is we're going to weave in and out of big players having big moments for the 2021 Sox. And then maybe we'll talk about their roles uh, on the team going forward and how they, they relate to the championship ball club, where they're going to be, they're going to return. Uh, did they underperform? Did they overperform? Are they going to be part of a trade? So we'll try to do that uh, as effectively as we can. So you guys can uh, get some good conversation in along with revisiting some highlights from the 2021 season. All right, should we get started here? Let's do it. All right, we'll do that after a quick timeout here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Herb and I will be hosting a Locked on White Sox room soon. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation as you listen to us every day. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with us and may even have a chance to be featured on the Locked on White Sox podcast through our Green Room conversations. So go download the Green Room app now for free. Currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and sports i can't wait to join you guys on the app i'll be sure to let you know once the lockdown white Sox squad is ready download the green room app today green room changing the way we talk sports 
All right, it's the top 21 moments of 2021. And most of these highlights here are going to be courtesy of our friends at NBC Sports Chicago. Some from ESPN 1000, Jason Benetti, Steve Stone, Connor McKnight, Darren Jackson. You'll hear uh, Joe Buck later on, I believe, um, or maybe not. Maybe you won't hear Joe Buck. Maybe Tim Anderson's uh, walk-off in the corn game. That's right. A Lynn Casper, too. The corn game. Yeah, the Lynn Casper will be in there as well. Uh, if you, maybe you won't hear any of those guys, who knows? Maybe I've only picked things that happened during Adam Amin broadcasts. Who knows? There's no way to know. You'll just have to stay tuned to all these shows here. Uh, but let's get it started. We'll, we'll, we'll do this list and we'll go. I won't start with number one. That would be foolish. Could you imagine if I just started with the number one moment and, and we worked our way up to go 21? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, here's the, my 21st moment, number 21 of 2021. We take you back to April 8th. Struck him out. A home opener, complete game shutout, twirled by Lance Lynn. First shutout in a home opener since the venerable Wilbur Wood in 1976. It's a great day for all those that were in attendance. It was the first uh, White Sox game with fans in attendance in two seasons, and uh, it, it was electric. Neither of us were there that day. We were working at the Score Studios, but uh, I thought that was one of Lance Lynn's best moments. Eventually, he got himself a contract extension uh, by Rick Hahn in the middle of the season, but that was uh, one of his best moments and uh, one of the reasons why the Sox were able to uh, win the Central Division by Lance Lynn's performance and other notable things that happened in that game there. You're mean with one of the biggest blasts you've seen all season long. They shut out the Royals on that day. And, uh, you know, that, that was just a, a really good way to start the list here. They went 6 nothing on the home opener. And uh, things, you know, stayed good for, there for Lance Lynn for a while. But ultimately, he didn't finish as strong as he started there, Herb. Uh, what's your confidence level in Lance Lynn being, I guess, duplicating that performance in 2022 that he did uh, last season? I think it's very high. I mean, he wants the ball and coming off of that season where it's 60 games and now it's a full slate, maybe hard on everybody. So, yeah, down the stretch, he wasn't the guy that he was at this start, the home opener right there where he shut down the Royals and struck out 11 of them. But I believe in uh, Haas's uh, ability to go back home, do what he needs to do, train and get his arm ready for another 162 and he'll be understanding okay i need to leave a little bit in, in the tank because i at the end i was i was gassed but his mentality also is there's no such thing as leaving something in the tank so i'm gonna go out and give up my all and if he needs to do that then he needs to also lengthen his uh stamina he needs to find a way where he's not gassed or he needs to find a way where he's not pitching meatballs against the houston astros but also i looked at this lineup there's four guys that ended up in the starting lineup in the playoffs in this opening lineup for the White Sox in their home opener. Just Robert, <laughs> just Robert Abreu, Moncada, and Grandal. Everybody else is off the team or in the minors. How about this formidable seven, eight, nine? Herbie, Nick Williams, Nick Madrigal, Danny Mendick uh, for Ooh, a home friends. opener. <laughs> That's real tough. Real, real tough. Yeah, man. Nick Williams, like he played a lot early, and he was like batting fifth. He was batting real spots. <laughs> like in that game, he was batting seventh. But I was like, this is ridiculous. It's like you name Nick, you're automatically in left field for the White Sox every year. So it was Nick. Delmonico, Nikki Delmonico, Nick Williams. Next year will be Nikki Castellanos. Uh-huh. I hope so, by God. Let's uh, do it. All right, moving on. Number 20, number 20 moment of 2021. We take you back to July 2nd. 
Center field. He can't, Cameron can't it. find it. It's down. Berger drops it into right field. And Jake Berger on a ball that got lost in the lights that Cameron needed a compass for. Berger has his first major league hit in Detroit on a ball that just disappeared in the lights and he ends up at second base. So you will hear some of these moments. That's, of course, Jake Berger with his first major league hit. You know, some of these moments are just, uh, you know, placeholders for moments and and players, right? Like you pick the best moment from the players that made a contribution. And I, I just love that story of Jake Berger coming back from the injuries and, and finding himself in a spot where he can have impactful at-bats for the 2021 White Sox. Jake Berger finishes his season hitting 263, uh, 10 hits, the one home run, uh, got on base at a tree, dirty tree clip. Uh, he's a .4 B-War player. Um, I ask you this, Herbie. Uh, we talked about Jake Berger's you know, inspirational quotes after that game. I remember talking about how he almost wanted to quit baseball. We remember 2020 how he was playing like semi-pro ball down there near his hometown in Missouri. And he just had a love for the game, and he just did not quit. And so we'll always appreciate that element to it. But if uh, if I had to ask you, does Jake Berger, if, if you call what he did in 2021 impactful, and I, and I think just having 38 at-bats and, you know, helping you win a game here or there and, you know, uh, stepping up when guys got hurt, I would, I would call that impactful. Uh, it's right there on the borderline of being impactful. But he, had, he made a presence known, and he was able to get himself 10 hits if I had to say he does that again or better in 2022, uh, do you believe that? Is he going to have a place on this roster for meaningful at-bats in 2022, or do you see him as uh, someone who's part of a trade package? Because something's got to give here with a lot of these uh, fringe guys uh, that are down there at AAA. There's not a lot of spots. Uh, do you think he's going to have a presence on the Sox uh, roster in 2022? I do not believe so either way. I think that Jake Berger did well for the White Sox when he did come up. Injuries and other things going on with the team came up and give him, gave him quality at-bats. And a story, like you said, is great for a person to persevere through some things that would have broke other people. And he, he was depressed. He's admitted to it. The mental health of this all is, is hard. And he battled through and had a good showing at the major leagues. He was a guy that I would not mind being on the team. But there's no place for him unless there's going to be injuries, which they are. But I don't, you know, want him to just be a part-time player. I think that he could have a nice career in the major leagues. He's still only 26 years old, I believe. He can go somewhere in, like, Pittsburgh. No, it's just 25. So we can go, like to Pittsburgh or a place in Cincinnati or, you know, a place that's like shedding some salary, Colorado, and have a great career there while the White Sox recoup as part of a package for a bigger player that it will help the 2022 White Sox win the American League and maybe the whole damn thing. Yeah, Jake Berger has no real spot here, and it's kind of the same thing for Gavin Sheets. For being really real, Gavin Sheets also doesn't have a spot for the White Sox in 2022 if you're going to be competing for a championship. Okay, uh, you mentioned Gavin Sheets. Let's take you back to July 19th, 2021. This is the 19th moment of 2021. Gavin Sheets has seen 11 pitches in this game, five change-ups, five curveballs, 
one fastball. Watching the rookie Sheets. And Gavin Sheets lights it up. Deep right field. Everybody go home. First walk off for Gavin Sheets. And the Sox are winners in a thriller. The first fastball he saw hittable all night long, and he hit it out. He hit it way out. Well, one thing you can't teach, and that's power. And Gavin Sheets has power. That one, 96 on the inner half, and Barrios. He had seen one fastball in two at-bats. That one he laid waste to, and the party is on at home plate, and the White Sox salvage a split and walk off a starting pitcher for the first time in 13 seasons. Yeah, that was a wild one there against the Twins. Mm -hmm. And, and Berrios uh, mentioning the, the walking off a starting pitcher. That was uh, the back end of a doubleheader against the Twins. And about the Gavin Sheets thing you just mentioned, you know, I think the only way that, you know, if it were up to me, I think the White Sox would sign Nick Castellanos and that would be your right fielder. And so that would mean Gavin Sheets would not have a, a, a prominent role in the outfield and he would have even less at bats. But I think the role for Gavin Sheets on this team going forward, if you really want to keep him in the lineup and you, and you like the left-handed power presence that he gives you, I think, you know, backing up, being a, a, an additional outfielder, being Jose Abreu's backup at first base, you know, I know you have a, a lot of those guys being an occasional DH. I think that's the only way it works. But my question is, he seemed to, to respond well in, in that type of environment, getting sporadic playing time, sporadic at-bats. But, you know, I, I just I question whether or not you can truly develop a guy in a spot like that, especially a young kid, when he's not getting consistent at-bats. That That's my worry. Uh, you know, I, I loved what I've seen from him. But, you know, if Gavin Sheets is getting significant at-bats in 2022, I think we're all disappointed, right? Yeah, I because we didn't expect this from Gavin and to expect him to repeat this, what he did in his rookie year is unfair to him. I think, firstly, on a team that is going somewhere and then we'll put all that pressure and all that. Uh, hey, Gavin, you're the spot. You have to perform like the guy that we would have got on free agency. Yeah, it's not your fault that this happens, but. You have to go to the level of 30 plus home runs, have to drive in 100. You know, if we're going to be keeping you as the right fielder because you're, you know, he doesn't have like poor right field, but he's not a right fielder. You know, he's not a guy out there where you're going to be like, okay, glove is solid. We don't have anything to worry about. So he has to hit his way onto the roster. And I don't want to leave it up to a guy that's had a half of the major league season and wasn't a big time prospect coming into this year. So, I don't know. Maybe he is this guy, but I don't know if you want to roll dice with your championship aspirations on a guy that may be the guy instead of a this guy will be the guy. Yeah, and, and let's pump the brakes about Gavin Sheets. Just his his final stats for twenty twenty one. Uh, it was a point two uh, B WAR player with one hundred and sixty at bats. He had eleven homers. He hit two fifty on base of three twenty four. Slugged five hundred six. Good for an OPS of. 830 and an OPS plus of 123. So, you know, the guy didn't, I don't, I don't think in our, in our mind's eye, he had a great season, right? Cause he had many great moments and he had a big contribution in the postseason there, but 
you know, this if 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 I just gave you those numbers as a player, you'd be like, eh, you know. And I and I'm wondering if we should, you know, you know, pump our brakes here with Gavin Sheets. And if someone wants to include him in a prospect package for something like a top end starting pitcher, you know, that's something you have to to evaluate. He's not going to be the centerpiece of any trade like that, but. He may be a throw-in, and I think Sox fans should get used to that. And also, just remember, you know, that's it's it's he did a, a hell of a job coming up uh, in the spot that he that he came up uh, with. But I, I just don't know what his future is with this team. And you know, you you look at the numbers there at the end of the year, and it's the kind of okay, yeah, fine. You know that that I think that would be settling a little bit. I think trading Gavin Sheets as part of a package would be one of those uncomfortable moves we talked about a couple of days ago for Rick Hahn, and I would be on board on board with that. And, and we talked about him, and we we're high on him, but going into the postseason because of what he provided from a power standpoint in the left side. But he just hits the one home run for you in the postseason, and you know. Uh, it helped you win, you know, with that game, but they didn't win that game. So, you know, ultimately, what what use was he really in that postseason? You know, uh, he wasn't a difference maker. Granted, it was only four game sample size, but I think if you have an opportunity to, uh, you know, get more athletic defensively and improve your roster and have more guys that can do more things, you know, I'm, I'm I've I've had it with the guys that can play a corner outfield spot play first base and DH. They've got enough of those guys already. I, I want guys that can be truly versatile and play outfield and infield spots and, and and move them around a little bit. And I think, you know, you look at the great teams like the Astros and and, and the Rays, like they, they have guys like that. And I, I just don't think the White Sox have enough guys like that unless it's Leary. Leary was basically the only guy and Mendick for a little bit and Andrew Vaughn you saw for a little bit playing third base and, you know, playing in right field. But I think they, they do need to get guys that are a little more versatile and, and just having a guy that can hit home runs for you and play an average defense, uh, you know, I, I, I think we're good on that. I think we're all stocked up here. So if you can find a creative trade where you can get some of these guys out of here because eventually these guys in low A that James Fox has been telling us about, they're going to start to push a little bit, and you're going to have to do something with these guys that are sort of on the fringe. Like I don't know if, if Gavin Sheets has a permanent role in the next five years. You know, uh, that's, that's, that's one of Rick Hahn's tough decisions I think that he's going to have to make is what's going to happen with Gavin Sheets because you, you're going to sacrifice some of the development if, if you plan on having him just as a, a fourth outfielder bench guy type, and he may regress. You know, and if you're regressing already from a guy who's uh, on base with 324, then you've got some problems here. So uh, I think what you said was was dead on balls accurate uh, about Gavin Sheets earlier. All right, the 18th moment, the number 18 moment of 2021 would take you back to my dad's birthday, August 8th. And on the mound for the Cubs, a 28-year-old changeup specialist, Zach Davies. Tim Anderson leading it off. First pitch swing and a drive out into right. Well hit. It's going to go. One pitch, one run. Sox lead, one zip. One out, one in, one on for the left fielder, Aloy Jimenez. A swing and a drive, well hit out to center field. Ortega's back, still in chase mode, and he looks up and it's gone. Three-nothing White Sox. This is a massive monster shot. And it has been a White Sox story on the north side of Chicago this weekend. The Sox, for just the third time in franchise history, sweep a three-game series across town. So that's the Sox sweeping the Cubs. Maybe a little bit trolly by me, but I think when I think of that series, I think of that was the idealized White Sox team. One of the one of the few times that we saw them, everyone out there 
uh, in the lineup. I'm trying to remember was if, I could, if there's no way to know. I suppose I could look it up here in the box <laughs> score. But uh, yeah. was Louis Robert, Robert was not back Robert yet, was no. not back yet. But you saw the good Eloy. You saw good Ta setting the tone of the, at the top. And and it was watching that team on a national stage. Even though it was against a really depleted Cubs team, it was not the matchup we all wanted to see because the Cubs had unloaded all their uh, pieces from their World Series team before that series. And we saw Craig Kimbrell. Uh, really have a rough time in the Friday game of that series, but the Sox come up with a sweep, and uh, I, that is one of the moments that I'll always think of because you saw the White Sox lineup just doing awful things, making sweet love uh, to Zach Davies there, and you saw Dylan Cease showing out and and giving us his old thanks Cubs moment uh, from the pitcher's mound. So you know I, I chose that moment for those reasons because I thought that was going to be a sign of things to come. Uh, for the White Sox, and for, unfortunately, her we just didn't see enough of that. We didn't see the the enough of the just dominant offense uh, stomping on teams early. Like I thought we would see that a bit in the postseason, but we just never really saw it. Uh, you know, Dylan Cease was great that night, and we'll get to him more of him later. But uh, I, I picked that moment because a, a sweep of the Cubs is not often that we see it. But also, it was just a, an outstanding offensive performance. We saw Rodon there in that Saturday game. Uh, be as good as he ever was in 2021, but then he, you know, got hurt, was on the IL after that, and then he never really returned. So I think when you look back at that Cubs series, it was the idealized version of the Sox in 2021. What do you think? Yeah, and Lewis Robert, for the record, came back the next game in Minnesota. So the team was pretty much probably hyped up knowing that Luis was on the trip. Yeah, They knew he was coming back, and it's like, okay, let's crush the Cubs. Let's get this sweep. And – Eloy does Eloy things, of course, in that game and in that whole weekend. You know, he just came back, and whenever he sees the Cubs, it's all, it's on site. And like you just said, too, Dylan Cease said, hey, I'm part of that trade, too. They're going to feel a little pain from me on that side, too, uh, seeing me out here dominating. So, yeah, it was good. To, it's always be good to beat the Cubs, you know. Uh, even good, bad, indifferent. Those games, throw the records out, as the kids like to say. <laughs> Throw the records out when the White Sox and the Cubs get to meet. <laughs> Is that what the kids are talking about? That's what they always say on the streets. <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't know. Uh, I'm over here at Inert Reset. More of our top 21 list next here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Celebrate freedom of choice. It's why we love the country, isn't it? Did you know that Built Bar's got so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. If you talk to a Built Bar fan, you ask them the question, hey, man, what's your favorite Built Bar flavor? They'll be passionate, and they'll tell you what it is. For me, it's the German chocolate. But Built Bar was kind enough to send me one of my other favorite flavors. It's a, sort of a reunion here for my favorite uh, flavor here of, of yesteryear, Coconut Brownie Chunk. Oh, boy, it's a good one. I've got one open here, and I'm starting to salivate thinking about it here. I tend to snack on some while I'm in the middle of taping shows, recording stuff. I also do the Full Go podcast with Jason Goff, so I've got a busy night between that and the Locked on White Sox show. So sometimes I need a little snack. Uh, in the evening to keep me going, give me a little energy boost while I'm doing these shows. And Built Bar is always right there for me. And Coconut Brownie Chunk, one of the many great flavors, just 150 calories with a whopping 15 grams of protein and only 7 grams of sugar. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bars on the market, but they're also healthy. I already told you about the flavor profile. I told you about the stats. They're good. They're good for you. And if you're trying to eliminate carbs, only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs per Built Bar. They are the official 
protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That's pretty good, huh? If you order today, use our promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. That's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. That's going to get you 15% off your next order at Built.com. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. They're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Taking a look at the early lines for this Bears Monday Night Football matchup in Pittsburgh against the Stellars. Going down November 8th, Monday night. Right now, the Bears getting six and a half on the road in Pittsburgh. Right now, the over-under is set at 40. So if you're taking an early look at those lines, you've got a great opportunity to move on it now at our friends at Bet Online. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Number 17, the 17th top moment of 2021. Jose Abreu. Oh, goodness, it hit him in the helmet. Oh, wow. Jose Abreu. Got hit in the batting helmet. Abreu is still woozy, and now the benches have cleared. This is the second time Jose Abreu's been hit by the first pitch tonight. Wow, Tony Larusa. Tony Larusa is irate. He went out right away and was, it looked like getting after Perez, the catcher for Cleveland. Miguel Cairo holding back the White Sox manager, and Tony Larusa is incensed. I mean, just incensed. He's barking at Perez, the catcher. I think Tony is saying, we'll take care of our guy. You go over there. And uh, Franmil now is talking with him. Jose's going to stay in the game. Listen to the chant. It's three letters. It's M, V, and P. That's July 30th, uh, the day of uh, the, the big trade deadline. We'll get to that later. Uh, maybe not. Uh, but, yeah, that was uh, – I, I picked that moment because it was, of course, the moment where Tony La Russa – uh, was uh, was high knee and his ass off, uh, as Lance Lynn famously said after that ball game. Let's see if we can get Lance to comment on that further. Yeah, high knee and his ass off getting out there. I loved it. Uh, but I think that was a moment that we saw far too often. But I remember the ballpark was lively that night watching it. I was up in uh, in, in Wisconsin and Lake Geneva watching it that night, uh, just hoping Jose Bray was okay. But then immediately going from that to laughing my ass off that Tony Larusa was out there running. But it, when you talk about 2021. Uh, that was one of the moments that I'll always remember just because of Tony uh, hiding his ass off out there. But uh, I remember Fran Mule Reyes after the game, uh, quote, if any of our players get hit, this is personal. I take no shit on fucking purpose. We're not going to try to hit anybody on purpose. So me personally, I'm not taking anything on purpose. It's a big problem if they hit me. Uh, that was one of the weird things that came out after that game as well. Fran Mule Reyes just, uh, you know, what are you talking about, dude? But yeah, I, I picked that moment for all those reasons there. And I think when we look at this, how it relates to 2022, 
you know, I would like to see maybe the White Sox stick up for their captain a little bit more. But also what I would like to see even more than that, Herb, is Jose Abreu wear some protective equipment. That wouldn't have helped him there. It was on the helmet, so thankfully he was wearing that. But other places that Jose Abreu is prone to get hit, on the arm and on the elbow, I would like to see him get a little bit more geared up. Uh, I think when you look at Jose Abreu in 2022, I would like to see more protective gear. I would like to see more off days for him. But I don't know if he's built like that. I just I don't know if I'll see it at all. No, I don't think he's a guy that wants to wear this stuff. So make him feel comfortable at the plate however he needs to. But, yes, that's just too ridiculous. And I know the scouting report for Jose Abreu, how to get him up, uh, how to get him out is up and in. But Tony has talked about it ad nauseum. If you can't do that, if you don't have command of your pitches like that, you shouldn't, as a catcher, that's half the reason he was mad. He's like, you shouldn't be calling pitches up and in because you know he doesn't have that protection. If you want to try to hit him, hit him in the butt cheek, hit him in the back, something like that. But when you go up like that, it's dangerous. Dangerous for Jose Abreu, even when you hit him in the elbow. Get him lower. That's what Tony's main objective was. That's what his main beef was in that in that regard. So I agree with Tony right there. Yeah. And whatever Jose wants to wear, do your thing. I think that was one of the moments that kind of uh, Tony endeared himself to White Sox Nation after that. I think that's when we all kind of bonded together an appreciation for Tony LaRusa there a little bit going after giving, giving uh, Perez the what for, shoving him off to the side. Uh, but that was a great moment for Tony and, and the team, I think. Um Coming up next year, number 16, the 16th moment. And by the way, Karen Shack was the one that hit him. And we know what we know now about Karen Shack and his spin rate dropping. Uh, but that was a guy clearly trying to figure things out out there without stuff that maybe he was relying on earlier. Uh, and, you know, not able Indeed. to c- control that fastball. So it's, you know, kind of interesting. Uh, we kind of had a, a, a feeling then. But after we, we've seen the data from the entire season, we know what was going on there with Karen Shack because uh, he fell off the table after that. Um, Number 16 moment, we take you back to August 2nd. Here's Brian Goodwin again, falling behind early, but getting ahead now, 3-1. and one. What do you look for given what Whitgren's thrown so far? Fastball, get the barrel to it, no need to get cheated. Here it is. Fastball, driven right. Will it go? Yes, it will! Brian Goodwin with the bat flip and a bottom of the ninth game-winning home run for the White Sox. He got the fastball and a fastball count, and he knew what to do with it all day long. You dream of being the guy that gets the pitch when you're looking for it, when it counts, and Brian Goodwin is celebrated at home plate. I think of a lot of moments in in that moment right there. I think a lot of... uh, points in the season of course Brian Goodwin and his contributions to the 2021 Sox you know one of those guys that that stepped up big time with the loss of Eloy and Luis Robert uh, finding a role and really just from the second he he got here he performed and then that was that same series against the Indians where the Sox were able to take two out of three and they were looking to, to maintain that separation there in the standings at that point. Uh, they were starting to, to peel away, the White Sox were, but that was a big series because you wanted to see them play well, play better in their division. So I think of that. I think of Brian Goodwin. I think of the bat flip as one of the best moments of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think of uh, 
Brian Goodwin coming on the score the next day and Danny Parkins uh, accidentally calling him Billy Hamilton. Uh, that was one of my favorite things that happened all year. And Brian just took that in stride. He's like, oh, I'm going to go get Billy right now. Don't worry. <laughs> and we're like, no, we want to talk to you. Uh, but I remember telling Connor McKnight, I was like, hey, Connor, that was a great call on the walk-off there. You made it into the White Sox promo that they show on our YouTube TV all the time, right? Her, we, how many times did we see that promo? Or, all the damn time. All the damn time. And I told Connor, I was like, congrats, man. You made a promo. And he's like, I did, and I had to tell him that he was in in the White Sox promo with the Billy Hamilton, with the Billy Hamilton. Now I did it, Jesus Christ! Damn with, it. with the Brian Goodwin walk off, uh, <laughs> and he didn't even realize it. So I was able to tell, give Connor some good news, and Connor did a really good job. He had a lot of big moments there, Connor, on the radio side. He called Gavin Sheets. Uh, I believe it was his first major league home run, but it was the one that occurred in Baltimore in front of his dad. I remember I was putting my big green egg together that night when he hit that one. So Connor, we may have to talk to Connor uh, at some point this offseason here and, and, and check in with him. But uh, but Brian Goodwin, one of the key role players of this season, and he, along with every other guy, sort of had everyone had their little moment, didn't they? Every every one of these guys that contributed, and Brian Goodwin uh, had his big moment there against the uh, the Indians. Yeah, it was very valuable to have that nice victory. I remember it was started by like uh, Jimmy Lambert, right? I was like, look at the box score. Yeah, Jimmy Lambert started that game. The White Sox needed every little second of what <laughs> Jimmy ever and Lambert gave him. I think he was not good in that game. Yeah, I'm looking at it. three innings pitch, gave up an earned run. It was a home run to, was it Miles Straw? Yeah, Miles Straw. I thought it was the one that they gave up to uh, no hitting catcher. Um, for the Indians, what is his name? Bro Perez. No, no, the other backup, backup, Austin Hedges. Oh, okay. I remember they did that in uh, Cleveland. That was so annoying. But this Miles Straw <laughs> guy is a, is a problem. Gold but Glove, yet, Gold Glove uh, finalist, I believe. Oh, the old Miles Straw. If it I've, should be that guy is just a pest. So when he got traded from Houston to Cleveland, it's like son of a bitch. <laughs> but back to Brian. It's like you said. Every single person had a moment or two. Like every guy you name on the team, even the ones that got released. And your mean had one who's a minor leaguer. Adam Eaton had a couple. Cesar, for his minimum uh, amount of hits, had a couple home runs when he first came up here. You know, and Brian Goodwin played a solid enough right field where you don't mind him necessarily being out there, but also he makes a couple bad plays. But with the bat, I thought he was just more solid. I I did not know why, like a team like the Reds or the Angels would release a guy who can give you this type of offense, especially as a third or fourth outfielder. He was solid for the White Sox. I would have him back in twenty twenty two if that's if that's what needs to be done. Um. Yeah, man. I, I was trying to remember what Brian Goodwin said to that fan on Twitter. I'm trying to look it up here. Oh, you wanted me to tell you? I know exactly yeah, what he yeah, said to him. Yeah, go ahead. He said, "Kick rocks, ho." <laughs> oh, Brian Goodwin. Uh, just a you know a great quote and uh, filled in nicely in 2021. All right, uh, wrapping it up here for this part. We've got two more parts coming. Uh, the top 21 moments of 2021. We take you now to the. 15, number 15 moment here. We go all the way back to May 4th. Yes, Dylan sees a high drive to right. Way back there. And it's off the wall. Garcia to third. He's two for two, and he just missed a home run. Oh, my goodness, he did it again. The ceasefire continues. 
That's three for three. Strike three. Change up for Dylan Cease. And this is mastery from the Sox young right-hander. 11 strikeouts ties a career high. So I picked that for a couple reasons. Uh, obviously, Cease going three for three in the National League ballpark was pretty exciting. He goes out and dominates that night against the Reds. Uh, but also just as, as a way to tip the cap, and I know he had a, a big moment against the Tigers where he pitched his first complete game. Uh, but Dylan Cease, uh, you know, finally put it together for that season that we talked about. We said that the White Sox are going to take that next step and become uh, bona fide AL Central perennial favorites. Dylan Cease has to take that next step. And I think we look back at his 2021 is a 3B war player, goes 13 and 7 with a 391 ERA. And, you know, uh, he, he had a, a whip of uh, 1.249, but. Uh, he had a really nice season, Dylan Cease, and it was a, a really nice building block of hopefully what's uh, you know some some better things coming in 2022 and beyond for uh, one of the big parts of this rotation here. And you know, uh, I, I hope that we're only scratching the surface of what we've seen from Dylan Cease. But I was really uh, pleasantly surprised at some of his moments in 2021. What about you? Very much so. I mean. If you had told me at the beginning of the year that Dylan Cease would post a sub four ERA, he would post every single game. So he did not miss a start. That like, was one thing I was most surprised of is that, like all the arm issues you saw across baseball, him and Lucas for whatever reason, like they were out there and you could count on those guys every day, which is which was huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the value right there. Availability is the best ability. And he had the highest strikeouts per nine in the American League with his twelve point three the highest in his career. So he took that jump for the next from the from I'm really good and I have a really good fastball and I can strike guys out to all right, I'm coming for the elite levels. Like all he needs to do is get his wild pitches down. He led the league in wild pitches that year and consistency at the end of the year where he was like all right, here's a single, here's a double, here's a run. I'm going to be bothered by that. He did that less in 2021 than he did in years prior, but we need to finally get that all locked up where he's like, okay, one thing happens to me bad. I don't give a damn next batter, next batter mentality. And maybe his Frisbee golf thing is helping him out. I know those Frisbee golf people don't like me calling it Frisbee golf. Yeah. It's disc golf, right? That's uh... it's Frisbee golf. Okay. Kids. All right. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think I'm looking forward to what Dylan Cease does in 2022 because I, I think we finally thought we would see him break out on a national stage, seeing him in that postseason game against the Astros, but it didn't go the way any of us would have wanted. But I think maybe he'll use that as some motivation and uh, and take that next step, you know, the even next bigger step in 2022 for Dylan Cease. I mean, that's one of the things that excites me when I think about the team next year is the possibility of him having the stuff that can play as a number one starter and him being able to go out there and, and prove it day in and day out. Now that the league's got the book on him, they'll, they'll adjust to him, and hopefully he can adjust back and and uh, keep building on good things for Dylan Cease. Again, this stuff takes time, man. When you talk about young pitching, it takes time. And I know a lot of people, you know, every Kevin Zipak and I have a, a text thread whenever Dylan Cease starts and whenever he does something bad, even if it's just give up a home run, he'll text me, Cease blows. <laughs> like, <as> a, <laughs> cause like, 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 you know, because we're resurfacing texts from like 20, 
2019 and 2020. You know what I mean? So, but Dylan sees, I think he's got the stuff that, that plays, man. And, uh, and I think we could finally count on him as, as a, a known commodity, I think, hopefully going forward. I don't think guys like this really regress. I think he's only going to get better another year with, with guys next to him, like Giolito and Lance Lynn. Hopefully he can learn even more and, uh, and, and, and know what it takes to, to win in the postseason. And he can get those big moments out of the way. And now he can act uh, as if he's been there before because he has. So when you're talking about him pitching in big games in 2022, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing him in, in big spots in 2022 against uh, good teams, against uh, teams in the division, and seeing him pitch at his fullest potential. All right, uh, that does it for part one of part three of our top 21 of 21. So we still have uh, a lot of more great moments left to go on Thursday and Friday show, but that's all I got for today, Herb. Uh, coming up uh, in the next episode, yay, 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 yay. We've got uh, more walk-offs. We've got more firsts from guys on the roster. We've got big returns. Uh, and we're also celebrating some more uh, role players on the team who had some great moments. So that's all I got today, Herb. That is Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill. Me, Herb Lawrence. Herb Lawrence is at Ecknerwall23. That's Lawrence spelled backwards. 2-3 for Rob Ventura. And our show is at Locked On Socks. Locked On Socks is free and available on all platforms, including this one right here and Locked On Socks on YouTube. 312-566-8727 for your voice messages or LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. So for Chris, my name is Herb. Thank you for joining us on Locked On Socks.